Welcome one and all to the Iron Fist podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone here today to talk to you about our experience with the Iron Fist cast and getting a super early peek at uh, some of the show, courtesy of the Marvel Netflix panel at New York Comic Con. If you are listening to us on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, you know some of the the twists and turns, uh, indeed near martial arts, that it took for us to get to that Marvel <laughs> Netflix panel at New York Comic Con. Uh, a story we won't recap here, but uh, suffice it to say, Pete, we knew that we were very, very lucky to be in that room. And it wound up being uh, worth it, not just on the Iron Fist front, but for uh, a lot of other stuff that uh, Marvel is uh, preparing over the next year for Netflix, namely The Punisher. And then there's this um, this team up thing, De- Defender, I think it, it, it's a 1980s video game. Pete, for those new to the Fantastic Geek ecosphere, surely you are joking. We podcast our all Marvel. Surely you know it's the the Defenders, the great team up miniseries. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I could just see new listeners saying, "Ah, oh, these <laughs> jerks don't even know where this is all headed." Uh, but welcome, but, uh, new listeners. To get to get the uh, the four of them together, obviously you had. Um, Finn Jones uh, was expected, but to get the three other defenders there and then the announcement of the villain for that miniseries in Sigourney Weaver, which just blew the roof off the main stage at uh, the Jacob K. Javits Center for New York Comic Con was uh, was a special thing. But we're going to go specifically, this being the Iron Fist podcast by Fantastic Geek, into the Iron Fist material from that panel. And Matt, it began with our cast, plus uh, somebody we didn't necessarily expect to be there. Indeed. Well, I'd say even as a prologue to that, as we as we took our seats uh, in the main stage at New York Comic Con, we were kind of like, wow, there's about six times the amount of reserved seating than there normally is that's kind of that's kind of weird you know what are they they locking out the fans here um and we would learn pretty quickly that in addition to the normal seats reserved for for marvel tv brass and marvel comics brass and netflix brass uh they had saved seats up front on the the left hand side for the crew the workaday crew of iron fist which had uh wrapped at 9 a.m that morning so certainly if there was anybody who deserved to be getting the uh the praise uh, as there were these iron fist reveals and as the cast took the stage it, it absolutely was those people behind the camera who worked so hard to make it happen indeed even uh marvel high up there joe casada was uh was spotted nearby them there were a lot of uh shirts and uh jackets indicating they were iron fist crew so obviously in addition to the footage that was screened for the first time uh publicly they were tipped off that uh the other stuff would be going on so pete where do you want to start should we start going through the cast here which was uh which was on stage together for the first time absolutely and in terms of the introductions that uh marvel head of television jeff Loeb made uh he first introduced uh jessica stroop 
who plays Joy Meacham and uh, Tom Pelfrey, who played Ward Meacham. And we even got to see a little bit of footage that they show up in in the show. Yeah, I I admit uh, my knowledge of the Iron Fist comics is not very deep. So back when uh, back when these castings were first announced, it was like, okay, you know, we'll see how they fit in. And that that one clip that they showed made it really clear that these are two, shall we say, not nice people. Well, that was the joke, you know. Um, it's a little, I'd have to say, maybe on the level of Luke Cage, as far of obscurity compared to uh, Daredevil and um, Jessica Jones, particularly the attention Jessica Jones has gotten in the last year since uh, the show came out. But, um, you know, obviously Jeff Loeb felt the need to kind of tell us a little bit about the characters and then show it. The problem I think was created is that, uh, you know, in jest, he was talking about what lovely people they play and then showing a clip where they weren't being so nice. Next up, Matt, was David Wenham, who plays Harold Meacham. And I've known the actor's name, and we're watching a clip particularly with him, and I'm like, wait a minute, where do I know this guy's face from? And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that scene in particular, but uh, hitting the, the train on the way back, the two of us talking, he's 300 uh, you know, one-eyed narrator guy. So, you know, I'm, I'm, if it's possible, I'm even more excited given how much I enjoyed his contribution to that comic property. Well, Pete, most other people listening, although not you, uh, would also know him from a, a, a sparse $3 billion uh, movie trilogy called the Lord of the Rings in which he yeah, played Faramir. I don't watch anime. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, but it was certainly, first of all, it was just really, really cool. This guy who's, who's, um, role as Faramir, I've known, you know, all these, all these many years since 2002 to just kind of see him up on stage there. Um, also slightly surreal to have watched the two towers in the last two months where it was 2001 or 2002, David Wenham. And then, you know, time marches on uh, for all men as it does. And it's like, oh, here's here's 2016, David Wenham. Okay. Um, and to kind of, for me personally, to experience that as a hard cut. But um, certainly an actor's actor. And, uh, and I, I dare say he, uh, there was the slightest bit of sarcasm as he was discussing how, how Jeff Loeb helped him understand how to portray a, quote, villain, close quote. Just the tiniest little bit, but uh, certainly great to see him uh, up on stage and to see what we did of him in Iron Fist. Not credited in the cast, not even on the IMDb page, which we know uh, from the past can certainly be, uh, you know, not 100% accurate. But Rosario Dawson, the uh, Clark Gregg of the Marvel Netflix side of that universe was then called out to the stage uh, in a little bit of a surprise to a lot of us. I mean, certainly brought everyone to a standing ovation. Um, her her inclusion in the series uh, was not a secret, but her inclusion in New York Comic Con certainly was. And um, obviously a veteran of TV and film, also a, a, a veteran of uh, the New York stage world so i'm sure that it was uh, i'm sure it was a trip for her to be getting that that rousing reception 
And then, of course, we got uh, Jessica Hennick, who plays Colleen Wing, um, really a rapidly rising star right now between her involvement on Game of Thrones as one of the Sand Snakes. And then she was a female uh, Starfighter pilot, X-Wing pilot in uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. And uh, it was after seeing some of her uh, clips, which we'll discuss in a little bit, where it really, it, it was really hammered home um, how great it was that the that the crew uh, was there because they were absolutely, they probably gave her more praise than anyone else um, th- th- that was up there just in terms of the crew reaction to, to their individual footage. Um, so it's, it's nice to see that kind of camaraderie between, you know, the stars and the little people that, that make a show possible. And then finally, Finn Jones, uh, who will play Danny Rand and coming off of Game of Thrones. And you had to figure his casting was announced uh, as Game of Thrones was uh, yet to debut its um, sixth season. So there was all sorts of discussion would his character uh Lars Terrell survive the season would he be able to do both and you know spoiler alert <laughs> obviously he's the lead on the show for a reason because he's got a little bit more time to devote to it <laughs> indeed an explosive role on uh, Game of Thrones but I I enjoyed the the energy that he had up on stage uh certainly seems in line with the character um and it's a reminder too of the, uh, the the difficult world of acting, where he's describing having been tipped off that he's they're going to be making a final decision soon, and he's uh, he's on the beach in uh, Venice Beach, California, and uh, you know knowing the call the call might come tonight, they're going to decide, and and just kind of that that actor thing of hey you've been on Game of Thrones now you know you're not. Um, uh, now you're unemployed what's next and then to be able to uh, to snag the title role in in this come to new york have that whole adventure uh he seemed to really really embrace it as he does during these presentations jeff Loeb is something of a showman isn't that right matt um and he likes to kind of uh tease you um but nobody for the panels that we see at new york comic-con uh does a better job he 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 runs it uh with an amount of effort that makes it look effortless and it's only when you're in lesser panels uh that that you realize uh, all the work he's doing behind the scenes um the fact that he was able to go down the line have a little conversation with each person we should also mention up on the stage as well was uh was showrunner scott buck uh, who you may know from uh, producing uh, duties from things like Six Feet Under, Dexter, everyone uh, loves Raymond. Um, so to to see all of to see that cast there, and then it, I don't want to quite say orchestrated because that 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 is perhaps a bit Machiavellian, but to see it uh, to see to see Loeb as traffic cop to really get the message out there that this is a great show that people should be really really excited about. And in fact, Buck referenced how he needed to be sold on the series that it was not just a rock'em sock'em that there's, you know, character work and, you know, the attention to detail that, um, makes these series in particular 
attractive to some of the talent that Marvel has brought. Well, Pete, with that, uh, why don't we discuss some of the clips that we saw once the, the cast was thus assembled. So, Pete, where do you want to start in the land of clips? Well, a little bit of a caveat in terms of doing that, because uh, while what they put out there is public, um, all you needed to do was get in the panel to see it. Some of it, uh, and I can't believe this, Matt, as uh, spoiler Pete, I'm, I'm going to say this, some of this tends to give a little bit away. So we're going to speak in kind of broad strokes and not in specifics of this footage, given that we've seen 12 to 15 minutes of what we presume is the first episode, if not the first couple episodes. There was some uh, pressure there that that the audience placed on Loeb, you know, show us the first episode, show us the first episode. And while that exists in some way, shape or form, in fact, one of the scenes uh, we watched uh, was described as, quote unquote, wet, not having its um, complete special effects piece. And it was actually quite noticeable uh, in addition to the little red dot they throw you in the corner so that you know that. Um it's the type of thing where it's way too far out from the March 17th, 2017 date to be able to screen that publicly. But I was kind of surprised they showed as much as they did. I think to be fair as well, or or at least to defend Jeff Loeb for not showing the pilot, if they've just finished the, the concluding episode, if they had just finished it that day, you know, you don't know what from the last week's worth of shoot is going to is going to work, what it is as you try and wrap up the season. And it's to no one's benefit to say, well, we need to bring a completed episode that cannot change. We need to bring that to New York Comic Con four or five months out. Uh, and then if there are changes, people will know. I mean, it's kind of you know, here we are back at the, the Rogue One thing. Nobody talks about uh, about reshoots unless it's Star Wars. Then all of a sudden it's, you know, movie in crisis. Right. So. Show us the show us the, the 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 scenes you want to share to give us a sense and to get us excited. But you know, if you're looking at that, if you're looking at the last eight minutes of uh, of of the final episode that was only shot in the last couple of days, compa- you know, concurrent to to New York Comic Con, and you go, ooh, you know what? We can we can change how he's we can do that other shot from when he's introduced so that it mirrors how he walks out at the end. Or you know, oh boy, we're realizing as we're getting deep into this edit here this doesn't work and that doesn't work. We, we want to move things around. We want to cut this. We want to highlight that, you know? Uh, I mean, it, again, it does nothing to help this show to be tied into a pilot when you don't have er- everything on the table. So, so the first scene that was shown, we could best describe as Danny Rand's return to New York city. Um, and if you don't know about the character, um, he was described, at least in this incarnation by Loeb, as uh, having disappeared from the face of the earth at age 10. And obviously it wouldn't be much of a show if the guy never came back. <laughs> so he comes back to New York City. He's he's walking the streets looking very much homeless and barefoot and returns to uh, his family's business in this gigantic skyscraper. And as uh, as one would expect, guy who looks like a, a homeless ne'er do well trying to get into the tippity top 
of this uh, this corporate headquarters. It goes about as well as you'd think the first time, and then insert the fact that the guy is a uh, martial arts martial arts expert. That means it's also time to uh, introduce uh, some of his some of his moves there. So I don't want to suggest in any way that this was you know. Uh, a, a lackadaisical de rigueur kind of introduction, but it, it's kind of where you need to start logically. I agree. And I really enjoy the fighting style with which they presented uh, Danny Rand. Um, one of the things, even in the marketing right now, about the character is you know, every move he makes is a work of art, the living weapon, the whole thing there. And there's a lot of evasion and almost ease with which um, Jones is portraying him. They talked a lot about uh, the training that um, he went through. He's uh, He worked, they said, about five, six hours a day for two months to prepare for the role. And it really shows between this and a later scene we'll talk about the one special effect that was unfinished that we witnessed in this scene. There's a, there's a table off to the side in the, in the grand atrium of, of the, uh, the Rand enterprises building. And, uh, you hear narration, you know, your standard welcome to the Rand enterprise, you know, headquarters. And, we're meant to be seeing things on this table display and it's just a black table right now in that footage. And then the close up, of course was, you know, they're into pharmaceuticals and this, and here's a bulldozer and that, uh, but you, you didn't see it as he was walking up. So clearly that's something that needs to be added as they go. Yeah. It was kind of, it, it was kind of cool almost to kind of know it was this, this work in progress, if not, um, if not in any other form than uh, than the special effects, I mean there there were music, there was music to it, and of course sound mm-hmm. effects and all that. So I get the sense that they have, particularly for this scene. I mean it's the scene where the main guy is introduced, and you get information on his expectations of who's in the building, and they're not there anymore, and get him kicked out. Therefore, you know, fight ensues. This is probably a pretty locked uh, edit, just with, yeah. with those special effects needing to be uh, to be put in. The next scene that we saw had to do with the two Meacham siblings. If there was one scene to communicate to people like me who were really into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and really into Netflix and Netflix Marvel and all of that, but really hammer home to to otherwise newbies uh, what these characters are about, it was in... It was in that uh, that scene that they showed where, where Joy and Ward um, clearly are, are, are people of wealth, clearly are people of uh, high society, clearly want to keep private things private, but also can really, really go for the jugular. Yeah, it takes place in a restaurant here and they're having a discussion and all of a sudden Danny comes in and uh, demanding, of course, that uh, he be able to get back with the company that bears his family name and is told in no uncertain terms, they don't want him there. Really, really cool location um, to the point that it almost took away from the scene. It was that kind of iconic. And I, I remembered then and I'm reminded now of how I said to myself, 
just gonna have to make a mental note this clearly must be a real place it just kind of looked too interesting to be built for for a tv show i could be wrong maybe it's a location that they, that they use a lot but if it's just a one and done then it doubtless is a real new york location and um just kind of really pushed a certain sense of you know these are these are young rich well acclimated uh people and uh, of course they're not going to go to the corner diner for lunch Matt, what would a Marvel Netflix TV show be without a fight in a hallway? <laughs> they must simply have a fight in the hallway, Pete. We we got to see a little bit of that. Uh, it's, it's not it's not Daredevil level a hallway fight, but uh, quite a fight nonetheless. Yeah, um, there's there's an elevator at the end of, of the hall. A character, Matt, we're not going to say which, is being uh, spirited away by the bad guys and here uh danny just takes them systematically apart in a pretty effects heavy uh fight in a confined space yeah effects heavy but not not overdone um i think a lot of it was uh was complemented by kind of camera tricks you know slow motion camera moves that sort of thing um, and absolutely hammered home that uh, not just against uh, normal uh, lobby guards, but you know proper other martial artists uh, that Finn Jones, aka Danny Rand, aka Iron Fist, can uh, can put quite the beat down down on someone. The next scene was uh, a little bit more intimate um, and was not communicated to us what chronology these scenes would occur in but certainly makes sense that it would occur after the previous scene we have a restrained danny waking up on a bed and in a really kind of eerie close-up there you have uh david wenham's um you know patriarch meacham really kind of uh giving him a once-over yeah, and uh, here, uh, assuming it's from the first episode, uh, here director John Dahl has this tight, tight, tight focus on uh, on the face of Harold Meacham, um, just really kind of bringing his bringing his eyes to the forefront as he's uh, looking into into the soul, at least metaphorically, of of Danny Rand as Danny is waking up, coming out of something, whether it's drug induced or or knock on the head or whatever it might be. And just the the evil of this character comes through uh, along with this extra uh, or extraordinary camera work that we see here. And uh, this was also the moment, Pete, where it was like, "Look, there's a giant projected image of of David Wenham. It's you know probably what would you say a thirty by fifty foot screen. You know, I know it was yeah. shot in four K Ultra HD. I don't know what it was being projected as, but all of a sudden it's like." Wow, 14 years have gone by since the two towers. Not that David Wenham in any way looks old or beaten down. It's just there's a distinguished gentleman of the age of, uh, I think he's about 52, 51. There, there he is as a, as a 50 or 51-year-old. Time has gone on. And he said that um, as they were shooting and, and talking with the showrunner there, uh, really tried to take his cue from certain captains of industry uh if if you read between the lines there enough <laughs> in terms of our current political environs 
Um, but you know, it, it has, the scene has just as much, uh, charm as it does menace. And clearly Finn Jones is playing Danny with a little bit more of a Pollyanna, um, type of outlook, you know, how, how can these people possibly, you know, not want me to return? Um, and there was a name of a, of a certain criminal organization, Matt, that was name checked that the entire audience, when it, when it was said two or three times in the scene, just gasped. <gasps> the brotherhood of mutants. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Well, Pete, I know next up was uh, some footage of uh, Colleen Wing in action footage with w- which which resulted with the the crew standing up, giving her a standing ovation after the footage was screened. One guy even kind of doing the bowing down, not worthy, not worthy in, in, in affection for actress Jenica Henwick. So what was this scene about? Well, you know. As a 24-year-old young woman, this lady is about to be a star. And uh, this scene, clearly the most physical of any that we saw, the Danny Rand scenes uh, withstanding, uh, takes place at uh, at night uh, in kind of like a a cage match. And uh, here she's fighting a guy. And she's asked by the referee there, um, kind of a referee slash, you know, MC, if you will, um, you know, are, are you up for this? And she absolutely demolishes this guy in maybe some of the most physical stuff we've seen in all of the Marvel Netflix shows. Yeah, there's a viciousness, especially towards the end of it, where it's like, oh, oh, they are not fooling around here. N- none of it. I would say none of it hard R territory. Maybe on that that uh, PG thirteen R uh, cusp. I know what is it that they're fond of saying? You know, this Marvel Netflix stuff is like you know TV seventeen, TV sixteen, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> kind of kind of on, on on that edge right there, and uh, certainly clear that uh, if you are in a cage with Colleen Wing, you are in trouble. Yeah, and one of the things that came up when Dawson uh, got her moment there to to shine with um, with Jeff Loeb, you know, in addition to kind of being a uh, a good luck charm with these shows, and uh, uh, she said Loeb is is her good luck charm, vice versa. You know, talking about having an awesome sensei in. Uh, the character of Colleen Wing. So clearly they're going to come together there. And, you know, it's long been believed that uh, Rosaria Dawson's um, character will ultimately become the the TV universe's answer to the night nurse from the comics um, in the way that Claire Temple ties it all together and has been involved with all four of these defenders. Yeah, it certainly is a uh, it, it's not unprecedented. I mean, they're kind of going off the Colson mold here, but the way in which they have created a place for this character to to genuinely uh, show up in the three series thus far and then 
not for nothing if if uh if colleen is claire's sensei you can kind of see why there might be a need for that given some of the goings on in the other series so it, it really does tie things uh together nicely and um she just she adds the special x factor to the episodes that she's been in thus far so to be getting the the, the screen time here is definitely a bonus the whole cast, Matt, was uh, perched at the end of the stage there so that they could see this fight footage, got a rousing reaction. And then they stayed there to see the uh, full trailer for uh, Iron Fist. Which had uh, some footage uh, from the previous scenes we had already yes. seen. Uh, also some... Uh, <laughs> An effects moment that we had not seen previously, which was the Iron Fist itself starting to glow, and that 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 uh, brought down the house as well. And um, just, that and the tattoo really got the you know uh, most fervent reactions. But uh, clearly, um, this show has raised the character's profile. Hasn't really been flying below the radar, but there's a reason they're they're doing it last and um in terms of what it presents you don't want to do it you know so closely with daredevil because the characters do share uh and the worlds they inhabit do share quite a bit of similarities so just just a a rousing panel indeed um certainly there was some some other business to be had at that panel including uh seeing all four Defenders on stage. And uh, as you mentioned, Pete, uh, the, the Defenders villain uh, being played by Sigourney Weaver, which uh, itself was a was an exclamation point of the evening. But insofar as uh, the, the main focus uh, of the evening was to get people excited for Iron Fist, I mean, rousing, rousing success here. Dare say they are. But you know, Matt, you know who else is excited and exciting are the people are our listeners who go to patreon.com forward slash fantastic geek. Check out our perks that we offer and uh, donate what they've chosen to. They're the real iron fists. They are the ones that help keep the lights on in our own version of the Rand enterprises headquarters. So thank you one and all for your continued help there. And, uh, Thank you to those of you who uh, go check out patreon.com slash fantastic geek to, uh, to, to help see how you can lend a fist or a hand. One of the things that we will do once we are podcasting episodes proper of Iron Fist, we always include a segment where you can have your say, where you can write in tweets, emails, etc. But one of the things that certainly help us out both uh, before the show and during it are when listeners choose to leave a review on iTunes. And as we are just about to launch this feed, you're hearing it now, so it's launched. Uh, we do not have an iTunes review up there yet, so you could be the first to get yours up there on iTunes for the Iron Fist podcast by Fantastic Geek. Definitely would love uh, some iTunes reviews for this uh, new Iron Fist feed. Uh, it's a great way to help get the uh, get the message out that this is a podcast worth listening to. So uh, we hope people take some time to do just that. But it's not just Iron Fist, Matt. I believe we have a couple other podcasts worth listening to. 
if it is Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, we have podcasted it uh, for the TV shows. We have separate feeds for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, now Iron Fist. Uh, we have covered Agent Carter in the past, who's, who's never never far from our heart. And uh, it all, of course, gets uh, gets brought together in the Pop Culture Podcast feed, which itself has some goodies and bonuses and things unique to that feed. So however you listen, please uh, please do sign up, do subscribe, and do let us know uh, what you think of uh, the Fantastic Geek effort here. Yes, and as we're recording, we're preparing to uh, – we're in the middle of – our podcasting of Luke Cage right now will be dropping uh, at least two a week uh, till we're finished there. Uh, then it'll be on to uh, Iron Fist all the while covering Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in between. So whether you want it all or you only want a few, Fantastic Geek has you covered. And uh, it occurs to me, Pete, just as uh, just as Iron Fist uh, as a podcast is wrapping up probably late April, early May, just as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is wrapping up uh, mid to late May. That's when we'll be uh, launching our, our summertime focus, not Marvel, but the Star Trek Discovery podcast. So certainly plenty of podcasting goodness anywhere you want to uh, you want to listen to it. And that'll only keep us busy until The Punisher comes on sometime in the middle of 2017. Yet another Marvel cinematic TV universe show coming at you. So there's always something for you, Fantastic Geek, and we're here to bring it to you. Proud to bring it to you. Now, Pete, the proudest of the proud are the ones that follow you on Twitter. How can people join your Twitter army? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 8,496 followers. Can't be wrong. And I am, of course, personally on Twitter is looking back lost, but you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole variety of ways. We are Fantastic Geek with the PH on FantasticGeek.com, uh, on Twitter where we are Fantastic Geek. Ditto for Instagram and uh, FantasticGeek at gmail.com. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word. And again, yet another way to stay in touch and be part of everything that we do. Well, it'll be sometime in the winter when next we talk Iron Fist again. Uh, certainly, if there's any breaking news between then and now, we will uh, we will absolutely share that. But uh, you can plan on us uh, discussing Danny Rand again when, uh, when the skies are gray and the air is cold. And uh, before you know it, Pete, it will be March 17th and we will be diving on into this show. So, Pete, I will now say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. I am the Iron Fist. I hold back the storm when nothing else can.